0: This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Andrew Ryder is my guest today. He is a writer and a teacher exploring strategies for now business owners to become better leaders. Andrew, welcome to the show. Ski, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And thank you for calling me Ski. Uh, I tell the story. I've told the story a couple of times on my podcast. When I married my wife back in 2003, we went to a local restaurant here in Houston, Texas. And at the time there was a wait. And so I went up there and told the hostess ski party at two went and sit in the waiting area. And about five minutes later, we hear sky party at two. And I looked at my wife. I'm like, is that us? If that's us, the schools are failing us. And so I went up there and I'm like, did you mean to call ski? She goes, yeah, sky. No, S-K-I is ski. S-K-Y mm-hmm. is sky. You don't go to Colorado and sky down the slopes. But I always thought that was so funny. So when someone says ski correctly, it gives me warm fuzzies because you obviously are educated correctly.
1: Well, I'm a big time skier myself. I've been been downhill skiing since probably
0: since I could walk. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I, I went skiing once and that was one too many. I, I know my limitations. I don't belong on skis. Okay. I, I, I was born in New York, uh, Rochester, New York, and I used to ice skate a lot, but skis, uh, we don't get along very well. So I'll leave that to you.
1: Yeah, there's not a not a ton of good skiing down there in Houston.
0: No, no, there's not. Matter of fact, we had a winter storm about three and a half months ago. We got three inches of snow and everybody got so excited. Like, oh, it's winter here. I'm like, no, I'm from New York, okay, where there's blizzards and snowstorms and single degree temperature. You think you like snow. There's a reason why you live in the South. There's a reason why I moved here in 1997 to get away from that stuff. I love my family up there but i love it in january when it's 4 degrees up there and it's 75 down here in houston so <laughs> definitely <laughs> it's all good so you're a writer i never would have thought that i would be someone who
1: enjoys writing and uh sort of looking back on it reflecting on it now it um it makes a lot more sense to me but growing up i was always a math guy uh science really sort of anti-reading, anti-writing, hated it. My parents had to do all of these things to get me to sit down and and to read a book. And uh, you know, I, I went to school for engineering and did all this science stuff and tried to avoid, did all the things I could do to avoid writing and got an engineering job and and Started in online business, and and I was at the time working with um, my now fiance uh, girlfriend at the time, but she was starting a, a health related business, and she needed my help writing content and landing pages and sales letters and things. And I took a liking to all of the marketing things, and found out that I was not only a decent writer, but that I really enjoyed that time. And I I, I think. Now looking back at it, I've really, I've always been a builder. You know, my parents have this picture of me from when I was like three years old. I was, uh, over at my, my grandparents' house and there's some construction going on next door. And I was obsessed with all of these different types of construction equipment. And at, you know, three or four years old, I could tell you all the different names of all the different types of Construction vehicles and equipment they used, and I'd even go around correcting uh, adults who didn't didn't know what the equipment was, and I couldn't tell you what it all is today. The difference between like a backhoe and an excavator, and all that stuff. And, anyways, I have this picture where I'm sitting up there in in a backhoe, m- messing around with the levers. It was off, of course, but I started out building, you know, wanting to build things, and then it was Legos and building all of these creations and worlds and things. And from there it became engineering and building data centers or water treatment plants. And now, you know, I I realized how much I love building businesses and building worlds of, you know, where I can make up stories or make up uh, different ways of seeing problems and solving problems that people are having. And that's that's one of the reasons why I love writing so much is it's, it gives you this opportunity to create these worlds and create these experiences for the people who are reading what you're writing.
0: A few weeks ago, I had a ghostwriter on my podcast. Her name is Laura Gale. And what she does is five to seven times a week, she sends an email out to her list, right? And I have had an email list for about three years, you know, How to be more productive, how to deal with email. You know, nobody replied, nothing. I'm like, is anyone listening? And then I started reading her emails and she just like sits on the computer, writes an email, sends it out, whatever on her heart. So I said, I'm going to try that. And you know what? All of a sudden I'm sending four to seven emails out of a week. And people are replying now because it's not the static, boring, here's how to deal with social media. Now it's like, Hey, here's what's on my heart today. And it's amazing because I'm just letting my words flow from my brain onto the computer into cyberspace, into someone's ears and brains. And it's, it's amazing to me how, when you really write what you want to write, and then you share it with the world, how people go wow, I haven't thought about this. This is fascinating. So what I want the listener to understand is if you've ever wanted to write, but you're afraid of what people are going to think, here's my advice. Just write. Start with a a post on Facebook. Start with a free blog. Start with an email, something. Just start writing. The more you write, the better you get. Now, you're not going to be a Stephen King tomorrow, but he wasn't Stephen King when he was born. He became a writer. And I like writing because for, like you said, It's your words, and everyone wants to write, but very few people write. Everyone wants to start a podcast. Very few people start a podcast. Everyone wants to start a YouTube channel. Very few people do. So be the exception, listener. I'm talking to you, the one that you're walking your dog with the ear pods in. You be the different. You do what you want to do. So, what I want to do is, I want to pivot into how we can become a better leader. Now, I used to think that salesmen or salespeople, to be politically correct, were only the people who were in the the car dealership or knocked on your door to sell you a vacuum cleaner. But now I realize everyone is a salesperson. The best salespeople in the world are kids. We all know that. But I also think everyone is a leader. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone is a
1: leader. And um, that's like... It's perfect that you said that because that's always the first thing that I like to get, uh, get everyone straight on is that even if you're not a big business owner, you don't have a million followers on Instagram, you, you got a small email list, maybe you're just getting started. If you, I mean, even if you only have one person on your list, if you have one follower, that makes you their leader. Right, they're coming to you for advice and whatever it is that that you teach or whatever it is that that you sell in your business, whatever products and services you have. But even to take it one step further than that, everyone is a, the leader of themselves. So to go back to what you were saying about everybody wants to start a podcast, everybody wants to email. It's seven days a week. Everybody wants to start a YouTube channel, but they just, you know, maybe they get two episodes out and then somebody cancels on them and they miss a week and then they miss another week, right? It's so easy to just stop the habit, to just fall out of practice, let it go. That consistency in making that, when you make that promise to yourself, when you say, I'm going to start a podcast, you do three episodes and then you just kind of give up. You don't get a whole bunch of response. You know there's there's all of these programs and courses that you can take that promise that you're going to make you're going to get a million followers by next week. And so when you go out there and you get 5 followers, it's a little bit discouraging, right? Mm-hmm. But the um that ability to stay consistent and to stick with whatever promise you make to yourself or whatever promise you make to your audience to say, you know, I'm going to publish an email five days a week, just stream of consciousness going to tell you what I'm thinking about what I'm experiencing and relate that back to whatever it is that that um, you do, whatever they're, they're following you for, you know, you got Facebook.
0: Well, I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and I have a Facebook group, both under the name of Mr. Productivity. So if you are into Facebook, if you love Facebook, go look me up on Facebook. Just look for Mr. Productivity.
1: Getting out there and getting it done no matter what is, I mean, that's the best way to lead is to go first, to Demonstrate that you uh, you believe in and you follow the principles that you teach, and by being consistent, you're you're demonstrating not only to your audience but to yourself that you believe in what you're doing. And I know personally, and and for a lot of entrepreneurs that I talk to, they're right on the edge of believing in themselves. And, you know, if you're having a good day, they're like, yes, I can do this. But then you go to bed, you wake up the next morning and it's just mentally is a disaster and you can't do it not cut out for this. Nobody's following me. Nobody's listening. Like, why can't I get more, you know, and you start to go down this negative self-talk, having that consistency to fall back on, because it's so easy to say, oh, you know, if, if I, if I was, you know, really meant to do this, all of these things would, would fall in place. But just to have that consistency to fall back on, to do it because you believe it matters because it matters for you and not because you're driving some benefit from some external um, validation that someone in your audience is giving you or some number of views or something like that, but just getting it done every day.
0: And uh, the metrics will come over time. I'm so glad you said that because I was off of Instagram for about four months. And one of the big reasons why I left Instagram is there was no way to wipe out your, that I know of to wipe out your, all your posts. There's no way to do it. And Instagram doesn't want you to do that. So I had to delete my profile and wait, I guess 30 days is gone. And I waited three more months. So I just went back on Instagram about a week ago, and I noticed they have a new feature now that you can hide like counts. And I'm so glad they did that because I know for a fact, because I've done it, that's why I can say I know it for a fact, that people evaluate a post based on the number of likes. And now you can turn that off. Because let's face it, you're scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through Facebook, through, scrolling through LinkedIn, and you're like, ah, oh, there's only a couple comments, couple likes, I'm going to skip it but it may be a post that's awesome, but you didn't look at the post. You didn't look at the picture. You didn't watch the video. You looked at the metrics and you evaluated it based on what other people thought. And I don't think that's being a leader. I think a leader saying, look it. I'm going to put this out there. People like it. They like it. They don't. They don't. We all know about the millennials who, if they don't get a certain number of likes within a certain number of time, they delete the picture. That's not being a leader. That's being, Hey, um, no one's liking it. So I'm going to take it off. Listen, not everything any leader did, whether you're talking about Mark Cuban or Steve jobs or, you know, the guys from Google, not everything hits. You try something, it fails. Okay. That didn't work. Let me try something else. That's what a leader does. A leader doesn't quit.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you touched on a really important thing. We've, it's human nature and the platforms play on this, but we've replaced value with virality, yep. right? So we're judging the value of content by how many other people like it because there's too much content to consume. So we have to see what other people are, are consuming in order to know if it's worth our time, right? And, and that sometimes is an okay metric, but it's not the, it's not the best way to do it. Um, you know, and if you think about just the the real definition of likes, not a not some metric of, you know, if you double tap on the photo or not, but a lot of times my audience doesn't like my content because it's tough love, you know? It's not something that's pleasant to hear, but it's something that is designed to make them think in a different way or to reevaluate how they're approaching a problem and to inspire them to do the work to solve it. You know, my my job isn't to make everyone feel good. My job is to convince people to put in the hard work to become a better leader. And those two things don't coexist. You know, it's not just easy and fun all the time to to step out in front and to, you know, to bear that burden so that, you know, your audience doesn't have to. And so it's not always about, you know, obviously likes and likes are different. I'm doing air quotes for the the listeners, but um, it's not the same thing. So there's, there's definitely an opportunity to, when I think about the content that I go back to all the time, you know, I don't really use social media very much. Uh, I use it in a very limited capacity because I don't have a good track record of being able to differentiate between just spending all my time scrolling and looking at other people and, and wishing that I was more successful. Uh, so I just stay off it altogether. I I get all of my news. I get all of my training and learning. I do all of that through specific channels that are, it's coming from people I trust who are, you know, established business owners. You know, a lot of the problems that I got into early on in my business career with buying programs or, or, or just getting into bad situations, wasting money, getting ripped off, all of that was because I saw an ad on social media and I watched the webinar and I ended up buying it, Right. But if you're if you're really vetting the people who you're learning from and instead of just going out and seeing what everyone else is doing, listening to the testimonials or listening, letting the likes tell you what's valuable, but finding people who you trust who have a track record in doing what it is that they teach, getting you know two, three, four of those people learning from them and then if you need to learn something else, you can branch out based on a lot of people will have, close groups of networks or or relationships with people that they trust and you can slowly start to branch out and add new connections. But really, you know, I'm looking for who is sending me information and not what information are they sending and or how valuable it is.
0: I get it. You want productivity tips, but your email inbox is, well, out of control. When you follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram Messenger, you'll receive daily bite-sized productivity tips delivered to your phone or desktop for free. Let me help you become more productive, step-by-step, day-by-day. Follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram today. That That is so important because... I'm like you. I, I am on social media because the world on is on social media, but I don't spend a lot of time consuming social media. And there's a big difference between consuming and using social media to build people into, not build, bring people into your your inner circle. So I will. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, but I don't scroll the timeline. I I've got work to do. I got content to create and that's my approach but i think people are getting lost in the world of social media and like you i am really particular about what i'm what i'm reading or what i'm listening to and who i'm reading who i'm listening to i love Print books and audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks when I'm out on my daily runs, and I like print books because there's something very powerful about holding a book. But more so than that, when I'm outside in the backyard getting my vitamin D and my dog's out there, I'm just out there with my book. There's no pop up notifications. You can't call me on my book. And I kind of like that. But I won't just read a book. I will. Ask people around, what books do you recommend? Because if I want to learn about Topic X, I don't want to learn about a guy who went to school and studied Topic X, now he wrote a book on it. I want to know a guy that was in the weeds with Topic X and hear the mistakes I made and here's how I overcome those mistakes because that's important to me. And so I think you bring up a very, very valid point. Be very careful who you're learning from because we toss the word influence around a lot in this, in this day and it's everybody's vernacular and we're all being influenced. Whether you realize it or not, you're being influenced by people all day long. The question is, what is the quality of that influence? Is it helping you? Is it pulling you towards your goals or is it pulling you away from your goals? And so what I really encourage, I beg even people to really stop and think who is influencing you. Social media, the books you read, the TV shows you watch, the people you hang around. Who is influencing you? Because if you're hanging around the wrong people, because the late Charlie Tremendous Jones once said, in five years, you'll be the same person you are today, except for the people you meet and the books you read. I love that quote.
1: Yeah, that's a really nice quote. I haven't heard that before.
0: Yeah, it's, so what do you think a, about what I just said about you know being, being careful about who influences you?
1: Yeah, that's... You know there's another quote that I can't remember who said it, but I've heard it so many times it's that you're the average of the five people you associate with most, something like that anyways it's um it includes books you read. it includes videos that you watch. you know it doesn't just include people who you sit down with face to face and have a conversation with, but like you say. You're being influenced by the people you follow on social media, even the people that send you ads on social media. You keep seeing them over and over again until you can pretty much recite what they're going to tell you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all that advertising gets mixed around in your brain and makes you think a certain way that a lot of times you don't even realize you're thinking that way. Yeah. You know, I was just watching last weekend. I watched this documentary on Amazon called the creepy line. And it's about, uh, it's about how Google and Facebook um, take your user data, they look at what you're doing, and then they use that to serve you ads, basically. And one of the things, they, they did this study with um, search results, and, and they were able to, they sent people some information on a couple of political candidates that it was like an Australian election and using American people. So they didn't have any preconceived notions about the candidates. And they showed them, they gave them a bio of each candidate and asked them a few questions. And then they showed them some search results, like you would if you searched, you know, who is so-and-so on Google. They showed them search results. And by manipulating the uh, whether the search results were positive or negative, where the negative ones were in relation to the positive ones, things like that, they were able to change people's minds about which candidate they were going to vote for. Without them knowing that the search results influenced that decision, and so it's not only it's not only just the it, the media that you're consuming intentionally, but it's everything that you do is being tracked, it's being measured, and then you're being served information in a very specific way that's designed to get you to think in a way that ultimately is in someone else's best interest. So it's uh it's not an easy thing to deal with but um and I'm I'm not going to claim to have the answer to how you how you solve that problem but I think that really getting in and defining how you interact with the media in your life is a really important place to start and I think you know like we've been talking about just taking a step back from scrolling making sure you're using social media to grow your business you're not letting social media use you mm-hmm. and <clears throat> being intentional with what you're trying to do with it you know if you're trying to learn something can you go out and find that information directly if you're trying to post or create some content can you create it offline write it in a, a you know document and then transfer it over to the platform. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of different things you can do to sort of insulate yourself as much as you can.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people, and I I know a lot of people are experts on you know all the social media platforms, and everybody's trying to spend so much time figuring out the secret of the algorithm. And I have come to realize. If you want to do well on any social media platform, don't try to figure out the algorithm. Just provide value for everyone watching your stuff. That's the big secret. Everyone is trying to find out what's the secret. Don't don't do clickbait stuff. Be a leader and say, look it. Like I'm known as Mr. Productivity on many social media platforms. I'm going to tell people how to be more productive. I'm not going to tell them about Give them a clickbait title that actually gets them over to here. Just be honest. Just serve people. And then you'll be fine. But if you look at the the big influencers out there, Gary Vaynerchuk and, you know, Damon John and a lot of these people, they're not out there trying to figure out the algorithm or trying to figure out what words to use. They're just posting, trying to serve people, and they're doing really well. Meanwhile, the other people, are they're obsessed with the algorithm, which can change every hour. I mean, what are you going to waste your time? I think it's a waste of time, and I just want people to understand, if you truly want to be a leader, whether you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, you're leading a team, just show up authentically, show up and serve, and everything will take care of itself. I'll give you the last word on that. Yeah, it's, you know, people don't want, if you think about the content that you consume,
1: it's, it's not clickbait headlines that are supposed to be valuable, but it's really just a sales pitch in disguise. It's not the copy and paste infographics or anything that you can find in a swipe file. What people want to hear, and, and if it really was, if they wanted information, they'd Google it. What people want to hear is they want to hear stories about how to solve their problem. They want to hear inspirational content. They want to hear valuable content that changes the way they think about different things. And you have an opportunity to provide unique content that no one else is capable of providing because nobody else has that exact same methodology for solving a problem that's based in your unique skill set, your worldview, your beliefs, all the things that make you different from everyone else. And, And when you spend so much time trying to get headline swipe files and infographics and, and all of these, you know, software that increases your engagement, you're focusing on the wrong, the wrong things, and You're focusing on the algorithm. You're focusing on trying to game the system. But if you want to get your content read by more people, you need to write content. That's actually interesting that people actually want to read. It's so much easier to actually get people to like your stuff than it is to trick people into reading your stuff especially if you want them to read it again yep so 100%. 100% on my focus and especially you know to tie this back to leadership all of the content that you produce is your way of leading through the words that you that you um put out there it's thought leadership and it, your audience is going to be looking to you looking to the content that you produce to see how to proceed, to see what you're doing, to see what you think about, you know, maybe you do talk about how the the algorithm is changing. You know, maybe you're a Instagram coach or whatever. And, and that's a relevant topic for you, right? Is here's, you know, we believe these things and here's how we proceed in light of these changes, right? Any type of current event that happens. Oh, you know, the, the iPhone is changing it's um, privacy settings and the new update. Well, here's how we're going to proceed because we, as you know, this group of people, if you're following me, you believe in these things. This is what we're going to do to continue to grow our businesses in light of this news. Right. Or, or maybe it's just a story about something that happened to you over the weekend. And it reminded you of a way that you can help your audience. You know, it's, it's, it's so much simpler to, Create content consistently, you know, six, seven days a week to just talk about what's going on in your life, what's going on in the world through that unique lens that only you have. I love it.
0: I love it. Well, Andrew, where can people go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world?
1: Yeah. Uh, you can find me at AndrewBrider.com. Um, if you haven't guessed it yet, I write a daily email newsletter. Uh, I'm not really on social media too much. Like I said, so don't go looking for me there. But if you want to become a better leader, if you want to create better content and you want to grow your audience and lead them to a better future, you can find me at andrewbrider.com.
0: Well, Andrew, I want to thank you for being on the show today, sharing your insights with us. I really appreciate you, man.
1: Thanks, Key. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchewski podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchewski insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.